दिस इज द इनफोकस पॉडकास्ट फ्रॉम द हिंदू हेलो एंड वेलकम टू द इनफोकस पॉडकास्ट आई एम योर होस्ट जी संपत From this year onwards, admissions to undergraduate courses in 45 central universities will happen through a common university entrance test, or CUET, as it's come to be known. The test is scheduled to take place sometime in July. About 1.3 crore students are expected to take the test for about 5.4 lakh seats that are at stake. The test will be administered by the National Testing Agency in 13 languages. and consist of objective type multiple choice questions so why has the ugc come up with cuet and will it make schools redundant as some seem to fear by giving a bigger role to coaching centers will it undermine a student's capacity for original thinking given the importance it gives to multiple choice questions and will it make higher education even more out of reach for underprivileged and marginalized sections these are some of the questions which are being debated in the run up to the first year of uh, cuet and for a more informed perspective on these questions we speak with maya john who teaches history at jesus and mary college delhi university thank you so much for joining us maya thank you for inviting me maya to start with can you give us a quick overview of what exactly is cuet as an exam what does it entail how many papers how many hours what is its scale and so on sure this is based on the kind of information that we are seeing being uploaded by central universities on their website statements made by university vice chancellors like the delhi university vice chancellor and the media so what we are getting a sense of is that this exam and it's conducted by the national testing agency it you know will be the strong sense that we're getting from the statements and the media is it will be based a lot on the class 12 ncert you know syllabus or textbooks which of course for many of us in you know the education sector is you know a problem itself because you know not all schools use you know ncert textbooks especially those which are government schools affiliated to regional boards now the cutet paper is projected to be divided into three parts or three sections the first section will be a language test for which students will have the option to choose one of the 13 languages that are listed questions from this section will be based on reading comprehension verbal ability grammar among other things the second section of the cutet in this section students will be required to answer questions on specific domain subjects which they have studied in class 12 so papers like accounting geography history mathematics economics psychology etc and the selected subjects that the candidate fills out when applying for the cutet you know they have to you know be their class 12 subjects and for certain programs in the undergraduate level that a student wants to apply for let's say economics honors universities have clearly you know specified that appearing for certain subjects in the cutet is necessary so if you want to do economics honors you would need to appear for the test in mathematics as well now there's a third section that is being discussed in the cutet guidelines and this third section will have two subparts with the first subpart involving a general test for vocational and open eligibility programs that are offered in central universities where students will be tested on their general knowledge awareness of current affairs you know logic analytical reasoning etc and the second sub part in section 3 will be an additional language test 
Now this section, the way we're looking at it, is most probably going to be applicable for those students applying for what are known as the BA program or earlier known as the BA Pass, BSc General courses. Now if we look at the BA Honours courses, which you know universities like Delhi University offer, a student would need to you know appear for at least three domain subjects from section two of the exam and at least one language from the section one of the exam. Now, of course, there are many possible permutations and combinations possible, especially when we look at the kind of guidelines that universities like DU and all have started putting up on their website. So there is a combination of papers or subjects for which a student appears under CUET. As for the undergraduate program that the students wish to apply for, possible combinations of the domain subjects and a language under CUET has been laid out. At the most, we can see that the guidelines are saying that whatever the permutation or combination is, you can appear for a maximum of six subjects that you studied in class 12, out of which one must be a language. Now, about the length of the exam, so far what we are seeing, you know, in the media, the National Testing Agency has put out such information like at least a minimum two and a half hours, and this will be an MCQ or multiple choice questions based format. Right. So this seems to be very different from the kind of uh, admission procedures we've had in the past. So why why is uh, the UGC uh, come up with this thing? I mean, and is it really mandatory for every university to take this on board? Now you see, the University Grants Commission or the UGC is a regulatory body. So as a regulatory body for the higher education sector, its guidelines shape the functioning of the central universities and the agenda of course of this kind of you know ensuring of protocols is that these central universities meet and maintain certain academic standards this has been the history of the UGC as it evolved as an institution now importantly the central universities have independently of the UGC they have been constituted as per acts of parliament so for example the university was where I teach was constituted as per an act of the parliament in 1922 now, they have as a result, these universities, these central universities have their own statutes by which they have been administering their academic matters. So except for a bulk of financial matters, because obviously the funding comes from uh, the central government through the UGC. So apart from finance, you know, the academic matters are, you know, administered as per the university's own statutes which, let us note, has not been amended. So these statutes, these acts of parliaments have not been amended while these new regulations of the UGC have been coming out. Now, in recent years, you know, we have seen the UGC issue dictates, circulars on curriculum frameworks, on online teaching, etc., that significantly eat into the autonomy of the academic functioning of central universities. Now, these interventions have not involved dialogue. They have not involved wide-scale consultation with all stakeholders. Now, many central universities have not been able to hold out against such sweeping interventions by, you know, the UGC, by the MHRD, that's the Ministry of Human Resource Development, Union, of Union Government. But Delhi University has had a history of a strong teachers and students movement and therefore has been able to often resist certain diktats, you know, and regulations of the UGC. 
So DU is one of the few central universities which has statutory academic council and executive council bodies in which there are actually elected teachers' representatives. You don't see this kind of elected representation in other statutory bodies of central universities, other central universities. Through such, you know, uh, bodies where you have elected teacher representatives in DU, as well as, of course, through, you know, pretty vibrant public campaigns and struggles, the implementation of many anti-people policies in DU have been stalled. Let me give you an example. So an intervention came to the UGC in 2018 that the top-ranking colleges of DU like St. Stephen's, SRCC, Hindu, LSR could apply for autonomy. And this was very strongly resisted by the teaching community, by you know, progressive students organizations in these colleges. So you know that has been stalled, the whole process of you know, colleges breaking away from DU and becoming autonomous. Now, in this backdrop, when we look at an admission policy like CUET, the Common University Entrance Test, it's important to note that although some central universities had already adopted a system of common admissions, sorry, common admission tests some time back, you know, even before DU decided to go with CUET, some central universities already had for certain disciplines a common test in place. DU has been postponing this kind of policy for quite some time until recently. Now what we're seeing is that the current teacher's body, the current university administration of DU have more or less, you know, accepted CUET. Circumstances therefore indicate that the ruling dispensation, you know, the, the, the ruling government and their appointed university bureaucrats are not going to listen, they're not going to be open to any meaningful deliberation and consultation. The whole focus is on implementing different facets or aspects of the National Education Policy 2020. And in National Education Policy 2020, you know, having this kind of admission test at the undergraduate level was a projected, you know, so-called reform. So, you know, even DU is implementing NEP and all its facets, including CUET, in this way. So this would be my immediate response to your, your question. Right. So one of the justifications which have been trotted out in favor of CUET is that it will solve the problem of some boards inflating class 12 marks, which thereby put students from other boards at a disadvantage. And therefore, by having a common entrance test, uh, everybody will have a level playing field. Do you think this is a valid ground for instituting CUET? Not at all. Not at all. Because we need to remember that this whole argument that has been projected by the university, you know, officials, by educational bureaucracy, that, you know, they're trying to improve the situation, they're trying to bring across some standard, minimum standard, and we're trying to reduce having multiple admission tests to just one. Let us remember that why is there so much competition, right? Why is there so much intense competition? Its root cause lies in the fact that there are, as you said in your introduction, just some 5 lakh seats and so many more applicants. So, are we actually through these kind of provisions like a common entrance test, are we actually increasing seats? Are we actually increasing intake? No. Are we actually addressing another fundamental cause to the problem, which is that India's young people, India's youth, carry with them different endowments. A vast majority have been dependent on government schools, most of which have been allowed to go to the ruins in the last two, three decades. These government school students have often, you know, had to spend on, you know, pathetic private tuitions in their localities just so as to pass their class 12 board exams because their government schools often don't have the adequate number of teachers, facilities, labs, 
and these are what the poorest of the poor students first generation learners very often from uh, discriminated caste groups now on an average you know these government school students score very low marks and they find it difficult to secure admission they have been finding it difficult to secure admissions for years now in the regular mode of the central universities most of them therefore end up you know being cut off by the cut off system that central universities have been using earlier and most end up in the open and distance learning mode offered by central universities now meanwhile we see another section of india's youth you know coming from privileged backgrounds with access to the best private schools in the country expensive private coaching in class 12 and they have been a very i mean this is a very small number of people who have actually been taking a lion's share of the seats in central universities now cuet is not going to be addressing this so in such a context there is no level playing field that is actually being created because on the one hand the number of young people seeking entry into the higher education sector is increasing you gave me a figure of 1 crore expected applicants they must that's the number that is constantly been increasing given that education is actually a you know it's it's an it's a facility that opens up greater opportunities for better paying jobs so everybody is aspiring for higher education nobody just wants to stop studying in class 5 or class 8 or class 10 they want to go higher on the other hand in our country the current education policy par paradigm introduced by successive governments including this one in particular is not geared towards increasing the number of seats it's not geared towards increasing the number of colleges it's not geared towards opening more public funded universities so a policy measure like cuet this entrance test for the central universities does not amount to an increase in the number of seats in higher education it's just that we will we'll see a situation where you know we have a you know we 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 have a cake it's a matter of you know you have a cake and we are cutting and distributing the pieces of the cake and we're de debating whether it should be a silver knife that we use or a golden knife so admissions have long been like musical chairs when it comes to the central universities given a larger number of aspirants and the fewer seats and the central universities have you know evolved systems like cut off etc earlier just to streamline a process of elimination so admission policy for a longest time has never actually been an admission policy it's actually been an elimination policy and cuet is just another part of how do you streamline the elimination in supposedly a more rational way now earlier the musical chairs as i said around admissions worked through cut cut offs very high cut offs or a component of cut offs come interviews the way we see it in st stephen's college in delhi university where you have the cut offs and then from the cut off you are shortlisted for interview and then in the interview there's further shortlisting now what we're going to see with cuet come in basically that cuet scores are going to be used as a another way of eliminating and given that you know the whole the whole process of admission has been about executing exclusion and not greater inclusion of people even the bid of minority premier institutions like st stephen's college to continue with the 15% weightage for an interview plus the cuet scores is as problematic as giving full weightage to the cuet scores because ultimately even in that formula 15% weightage in st stephen's college for the interview amounts to giving 15% more marks to private school candidates who already carrying an advantage with them so let's keep in mind that cuet has been evolved by an education bureaucracy which has been feeling the heat of mounting discontent among aspirants about the existing cut-off system in central universities based on class 12 results and university bureaucrats have also feel you know responding in this way because they are pressurized that every year there is a larger number of eligible students within the same marks you know range 
So this is actually, you know, the concrete reality that we see that even before CUET, this common admission test made its appearance in the 45 central universities, the high cutoffs of these universities have long excluded the vast majority of the country's youth, especially those from government schools who are poor first generation learners. And CUET will simply reinforce the same exclusion in the name of an admission test. So this is not a reform. It is not a much-needed reform. It has not come with consultation. Instead, CUET, I would say, represents a deform, which will continue to push a large number of aspiring youth into distance learning, as is evident in the huge exponential growth of SC, ST, OBC students in open universities like IGNU. And I'm quoting here Times of India report of 2019, where there was a 178% increase of scheduled tribe students enrolling in IGNU, a 250% increase of scheduled caste students enrolling in IGNU. Now, they're going into the distance learning mode because they're excluded from our central universities and have been even before CUET came in. They are being pushed into rundown regional universities or state government-funded universities and B-grade private colleges. CUET is not going to change that. Yeah, I just I just to interrupt you briefly. So you said that earlier this exclusion or elimination method for admissions worked around high cutoffs, and now uh, it's going to happen through this entrance exams or CU8. But wouldn't the CU8 entrance methodology also result in cutoffs? Except that in this case, instead of board exam cutoffs, it would be the cutoffs of the marks you score in CU8. So will it not again come back to a cutoff system? Exactly. As I said, it's just about a change in nomenclature, right? It's just about bringing in place a new method of, you know, systematizing the elimination or what we call in Hindi, chutney, you know. So it's it's going to be another system of putting in place, you know, very high merits scored by a very limited number of privileged students as the benchmark, right? So yes, it's another way of cutoffs. Don't other countries also have centralized uh, admission uh, processes? Since when do we want to emulate systems in other parts of the world which have proved that they have failed to make education more inclusive? I think models abroad, such as the American model or even the European models, we have to see that they actually are university systems based on, you know, whatever systems of, you know, common admissions, etc., high fees, a huge private sector that has actually bred a whole culture of very few youth being actually able to enter university education and those who do ending up having to take huge loans and, and student loans, which they then find difficult to pay back. So why do we want to make those models, you know, the dom? The whole idea is that we're in a country where the number of people aspiring for education is increasing and we're not actually doing anything to increase the number of seats. We're just evolving systems in which to keep those who've already been kept out or in the margins. We're just ensuring that they stay there. So I, I, I see that we're not resolving the crisis. We're actually just perpetuating and reproducing it. Right. And how do you see the impact of uh, CU8 on students? And because right now, many people have been saying that you, you have students who are preparing for the board exams, which is a big deal because your board exam marks are going to determine a lot of things in terms of not for every single educational application, your board exam marks are going to be trotted out. So will students now begin to focus more on CU8 exams at the, exa at the expense of their board exam preparations? Or will this be another layer of preparation and tension and stress for students who now have to do well in two exams instead of one? Oh, definitely, it's, it's going to create more problems, more problems in terms of, as I told you, 
the two you know different sections of students that we have for those who are coming out of you know government schools and state boards it's going to be a whole different enhanced challenge and and difficulty and for those coming out of you know the the private school sector with more resources it's going to be an issue of of course stress and and and, and you know an extra added addition of of taking on coaching to clear this test but let me just break this down further so what i did share earlier about you know the 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 intense competition and the lack of seats an issue which is actually not being addressed when it comes to the central university this means that in this intense competition where the resources are not increasing the coaching culture you know the private coaching culture you know is going to see an enhancement so already uh, you know coaching centers were were you know all over the place had a huge you know hold on on young students of class 9 10th 11th 12th and that culture is going to just grow even more already numerous crash courses are being offered in the month of april may as soon as ugc's regulation on the cuet came out so coaching institutes like akash etc many edutech companies have already started offering paid you know coaching shamefully even some delhi university colleges in the month of may announced paid coaching for cuet which you know they were forced to take back these colleges because of public criticism from you know progressive quarters of teachers and student organizations now what does this mean in terms of you know the school education now school education of course as you also pointed out or hinted at will be impacted because you know as the central university's factor in cuet scores whilst doing away with you know the class 12th results or reducing their weightage the class 12th results when taking admissions what's going to happen is that you know the the students who are products of regional boards right and here again i keep making this connection most of the regional boards are covering government schools so government schools are not affiliated to cbse in the country most of them are affiliated to regional boards so you know what's going to happen is that those students coming from the regional board and hence a large number of our uh, government school students will definitely be more pressured pressurized to take up private coaching and you know neglect their school performance because there is this sense of the cuet will be based on ncrt books used by the cbsc board now moreover if you know students coming from varied boards you know regional boards do not find their exact domain subjects that they were taught in school in the lists you know released by central universities accepting cuet scores they will be unduly pressurized to prepare for subjects that are nearest or similar to the subjects listed for cuet so let's say that a students you know regional board may have offered them a subject in class 12 that is biochemistry and if that is not listed in the you know university's uh, list of subjects for cuet then it means that student has to you know spend resources put in extra time effort to familiarize himself or herself with the biology you know course which is actually listed so there are these you know these possible difficulties and hiccups that are going to come up and of course overall as i said the culture of private coaching is only going to see a manifold increase with this you know new entrance test being adopted by the 45 central universities right now these 45 central universities account for only about 5% of enrollment in higher education and the remaining 95% of enrollment uh, happens with public funded state universities and self financed private universities who are to my understanding outside the purview of cuet so what happens uh, to them and the students who are going to be applying to them will they will they be affected at all by cuet at any level or how does it go to pan out for them or will they come under cuet at some future date so let me let me respond to this by saying when we use the category non central universities 
here, of course, we're looking at two sets. One set of universities are the regional universities funded by state governments, and the other set is private universities. So let me take up the regional universities that are funded by state governments, not the center. Now, first things first, admission tests have earlier existed for certain popular disciplines or courses, even in the regional universities. But yes, these were conducted independently and they, they have not been conducted through a central nodal agency like the National Testing Agency. Now, given the lower position, this is the more important point. So given the lower position of regional universities in the hierarchy of education in India, uh, these regional universities are unlikely to adopt CUET immediately because the competition to get in is most intense in the central universities and less so in the case of the regional universities which are seen as you know lower ranking institutions and it's also because the fact that they are getting money or funding from the state government which actually has less resources when compared to the central government now the central universities therefore you know are are better off in terms of funding received from the fed center and hence they can also afford implementing something of the scale like cuet but i would still say that time we need to watch how things unfold and you know time will tell eventually how things will you know unfold further within the different states and whether you know cuet will have a kind of a domino effect or not in these regional universities funded by state governments now, if we look at these second subset of non-central universities, it's the private universities. Now, here too, let me, you know, point out that there are a whole range of, you know, universities that are private. We have B-grade teaching shops offering, you know, all kinds of courses, which are the professional courses, to these very top-rung elite institutions, you know, catering to the very wealthy. Now, given the profit-oriented, you know, the consumer, user, the you know, here in the private sector university education, there's there's no concept of the student. The concept is more like a consumer who is, you know, bought a certain package and you know wants a certain degree in a certain time frame. So the more profit-oriented consumer-user kind of form of education imparted in private institutions, private universities, colleges you know, it, it, it makes it highly unlikely for them, even if they're these B-grade teaching shops to these very elite institutions, for them to be adopting a common entrance test because the whole idea is to make profit and it won't make sense to exclude possible takers for their courses through a difficult, you know, entrance test. Right. We're running out of time, Maya. So one final set of questions before we wind up. So does the CU8 system... As, as I mean, you've, you've already made it quite clear that it sort of queers the pitch against state board students and students from poorer families who can't afford specialized coaching. So does this also mean that going forward, it will have implications for the federal framework as well because education is in the concurrent list and now you have a centralized uh, kind of an exam system which is coming in and is going to affect students from state educational systems as well? So my response to your question would be that let's remember that the federal system in which, you know, education was in the concurrent list has been a framework which has been under stress for a long time, even before this moment of CUH. By which I mean that basically, you know, the federal system has perpetuated a lot of problems for equitable and quality education in our country. 
the central government having more financial resources and financial power you know it has funded the central universities generously in a way in which of course the central universities are you know the top ranking institutions and they top the hierarchy of the higher education sector and meanwhile the state governments with fewer resources lesser you know funding you know have been backing these regional universities which have you know been allowed to fall you know and fall into ruins so there is you know long been a divide and a hierarchy in the higher education sector between central universities and regional universities that the federal system has perpetuated and now we're going to see this hierarchy and divide you know widen and become even more you know intense with policy measures like this that make it even more tough to get into central universities now i just like to you know conclude with saying that overall the thrust of you know this a new form of exclusion in the admission process through cu tet it's actually you know representing the deprivation of the state boards i mean you're really depriving the state boards of of their value and the kind of education which they're providing and this deprivation of the state boards or regional boards actually means the deprivation of government schools of this country which cater to a very large number of students most of whom are poor coming from discriminated you know uh, caste backgrounds the minorities etc so government schools are actually facing the biggest flack of this policy recent policy shift under cuet the inequality therefore will be boosted so the problem of exclusion which already existed is only going to be reinforced and intensified unfortunately this is why this is not a reform or any kind of level playing field that's being created but a deform right i mean that's a really a big concern here i mean uh, that's a, that's, a, that's a think uh, the key point here is is that government schools are going to be the biggest losers from this move which is something i haven't seen being pointed out very widely I mean, we have discussed different facets of cuet and how it's going to affect school education how it's going to uh, sort of widen exclusion but the fact that it's going to undermine the entire government school system which has been at the backbone of literacy and education in india especially for the marginalized communities Uh, those who look for education as a means to social mobility that they are going to be losing out from this initiative is really a matter of concern hopefully it will be more widely debated uh, for now we need to wind up thank you so much maya for joining us and for sharing your thoughts and insights pleasure talking to you thank you for the opportunity to share these precise concerns with the audience thank you In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.